0: His goal? To destroy the tall poppy syndrome.
1: His platform, Today FM.
0: This is Rebet Live.
1: Call 0800 Today FM.
2: Kia ora Aotearoa. How are we doing on this lovely Saturday? It's three minutes past twelve. Welcome to Rebet Live. My name is Rebett Hollis. On this show we talk about three things. Commerce, community... And a little bit of culture, simple goal for this whole thing with why where I choose to dedicate my time as an overarching goal of thing which I believe, which is New Zealand wins when New Zealand does win. And I just like seeing other people win, doing whatever it is they're going to do and smashing it. Coming up on today's show, super stoked in just a moment, employment law specialist Catherine Stewart's going to be joining us to discuss HR, hiring your friends. Obviously, there's been some drama in the news lately about all that, so we're going to dig into that a little bit. Uh, Learn, share, repeat this week. We are very fortunate to be chatting with the one and only Murray Tom, a very passionate Kiwi who's done absolutely epic things all over the show, and he's made a very significant contribution to Aotearoa with arts, sport, publishing, music, philanthropy, community, and even a whole bunch of business stuff. And also, don't know if you realise, but it's getting pretty hard to find some coffee, team. There is a national shortage of barristers. Didn't know if you know that. Or baristas, baristas, baristas. I think it's baristas. I failed English at school. Apologise for that. Anyway, we've got today time. Young Bucks and a whole bunch more. You can text me through on 3920. Uh, question of the day, where's the best place that you've ever got coffee? Where's the best coffee spot in Aotearoa? Where's the best place to get coffee? And let's see what happens. You can text through on three nine two zero. And whoever it is, we're going to give them some shout outs. Uh, The time now is four past 12. Let's get into the show. Bet live
1: on Today FM.
2: Let's crank it in. We were talking about barristers and barristers. Well, we're lucky to have a barrister right now. I think that's the right way to do it. An independent review of uh, TVNZ's hiring of Breakfast Show host, Kamal Maria reveals that he was hired, quote, without meaningful input from key individuals. Hiring your mates. Uh, the review released earlier this week was carried out by senior employment lawyer, Margaret Robbins, and covered TVNZ's recruitment processes, as well as specific hiring of Santa Maria, who quit in May only after 32 days on the job, following a complaint. So... Uh, we're very lucky enough to have the Employment Law Specialist Catherine Stewart with me now. It's going to be discussing the issue around hiring your friends, going through processes, HR and all the rest of it. So welcome to the show. Kia ora, Catherine. Good morning. How are we doing on the Saturday? Where are you and what's going on?
3: Doing doing very well, thank you. Just intrigued by your show and um, interested to talk to you about vetting job
2: applicants. There you go. Well, um... I wouldn't, if you're interested about this show, I definitely wouldn't Google me. I'm a bit of an HR menace, actually. So I'm quite, I'm probably, I'm probably actually the worst person to be interviewing you considering that I'm on every red list of anything I'm involved with because I'm a bit too loose with the lips, if you know what I mean. So anyway, let's get into, get into it. So maybe let's start here. You've obviously, from the outside looking in at a macro, what was your kind of the, the overall, I guess, insight that you were, you were thinking about or looking at when you, when you saw all this go down?
3: Um, Well, it's always really important to vet your job applicants um, thoroughly. And, uh, you know, having a due diligence and having a robust recruitment process are fundamental to any organisation, so particularly a large organisation. And if things don't work out and you haven't followed those processes carefully, then, of course, things can go a bit pear-shaped. So, really, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes without saying, but it is surprising how often these things do happen.
2: Well, it's because you always just trust your mates and she'll be right. And I think it's like about 80% of pe- people, I think, get jobs through their friends. So it's obviously a bit of a tricky one, especially in Aotearoa. And, you know, there's a 97% of New Zealand's uh, businesses are small businesses with staff under 20. Usually everyone kind of knows everyone, which probably makes it a little bit more trickier. So do you think, you know, employers at, across the country are kind of seeing this as a good lesson around trying to vet job applicants more without being a damage to the brand? Or what do you see the insight is there for, for most Kiwi companies?
3: Look, I think it's a really important um, issue to actually vet your employees, but also And, um, you know, this applies across the board, not to any particular case whatsoever, but just to keep things as arm's length as possible and to keep things documented well. Um, It's amazing how many cases, um, you know, we come across where there's no written employment agreement, for example, and, and this often occurs in situations where employers are hiring friends and family. They don't see the need to tick the boxes or to dot the I's and cross the T's because they they know this person and they have an inherent trust in this person Um, so they just don't follow the processes and um, this often can lead to um, real problems if the friendship breaks down Mm. uh, which obviously doesn't always happen it can work out well so you know sometimes Plenty of examples. There are plenty of examples where things work out well when you hire a friend or you hire a family member But there are also plenty of examples where they don't and if you haven't ticked the boxes at the outset Then there can be all kinds of disputes around What should that person have been paid? What hours did they work? Um, Were they in fact an employee or were they just a volunteer doing work as a friend? Um, and so the boundaries become blurred. So really it's just so important to remember at the outset, even if you know this person, have good records, um, have a good strong employment agreement and keep proper records of hours of work and rates of pay and all the rest of it so that in the hopefully unlikely event that things are gonna um, turn pear-shaped, you can go back to the documents and, and it's all clean and sorted out as to you know who stands
2: where. Well, I can, from most of the people I've ever talked to and experienced that have hired friends without proper paperwork. It feels like the majority of time it doesn't usually end well, especially because usually it's without documentation because, quote, they trust that person. So maybe for the that's average right. you know Kiwi small <laughs> business owner that's sort of listening to, they obviously hire their friends and their family and their cousins, sweet, she'll be right, she's real good at they, the, the, the the finance stuff, whatever it is. What are some of the best practices you think when it comes to hiring people that you already know specifically if it's your friends or your whanau? Well, as I say, look,
3: the best practices are... To have, the, have the documents sorted so it's all you know tickety-boo from the legal perspective but I guess also just at the outset making sure are you actually hiring the best person for the job is the question you know, that you should be asking yourself is this person the best fit do they have the skills and experience and it may be that yes they do, it may be that my best friend actually does have all that I need for this particular role but it may be that when you stand back and look at it dispassionately actually they don't And if we went out to the market, there would be someone else who would be a better fit. So right from the start, it's asking yourself that question, is this the best person for the job? Because the success of your business is, you know, the be-all and end-all for you. So if you're hiring someone who's not really fitted to the job, but you feel that you should hire them for whatever reason, that it's it's not the best thing for you to be doing. So that's the first thing. And then, of course, you know, just going through that um, robust recruitment process, um, especially if you're a large organisation. So getting references, um, possibly personality testing, that kind of thing where you can actually drill down a bit further into whether this person's going to be a good fit for your team or for your organisation. So going through a a due diligence that's really going to, um, you know, flush out just how well this person is suited to the role and another thing that often works well is um, to invite them to meet members of the team before you Mm. decide to hire them so maybe invite them out to lunch um, with the members of the team Um, get feedback from your team carry out a a wide consultation as wide as you can to get the feeling about whether that person's actually going to fit in really well to your specific situation
2: Yeah. No, so let's get into the, you said references for a second there. So let's get into that. So you're a small business owner, you've got, you know, friends of whanau looking to potentially hire. Like what is a bit of a process or stuff when they should, you know, when they look to expand on the references when it comes to this sort of vetting process, what should they they do or the way should they approach it, which might be a little bit smarter?
3: Um, well, obviously asking for references, number one, and secondly checking them, actually checking them, so actually phoning the person and, and speaking to them rather than just looking at a written reference, because someone you know, might not put the full story in a written reference. Um, but I think there was an interesting comment made in the TVNZ report that the candidate was unlikely to give negative references, and that's also true. So bearing in mind that, you know, these references that you get will be the positive ones and there may be some more negative ones out there that you're not aware of. Um, Mm. But you can't go further than what the employee allows you to do. So under the Privacy Act, the employee needs to give you their consent to um, check references and to to have named, named referees. So you can't go further than that. So that's why I say going a bit wider than the references as well is a good idea. Um, You know, the personality testing, the meeting members of the team uh, and so on. Um, But you certainly can't underestimate the importance of references.
2: So just on that, so practically if, you know, um, Sally wants to have a job and and I'm an employer that's looking to hire them, I can't just go into their LinkedIn, look into their different places they work and reach out to them proactively? I, I can't do that? Is that what you're saying? No. No, you can't. You need to go through no, their can't. references, got it.
3: You, you do. You must go through their references, yes. So under the Privacy Act, you can only um, collect personal information with that person's consent. So, you you know, gone are the days when, you know, um, perhaps, you know, you'd, you'd have a bit of a word to someone who they worked with 10 years ago and you know things would get around on the gossip line you know well and truly gone so you can only follow up the references that that prospective employee gives to you that's a fundamental principle of the privacy act but but i do think that making that phone call is is important and i think that you know employers have a duty themselves um employers that former employers have a duty to be honest so when you do speak to the former employer, you often get an idea around if there were some areas of dissatisfaction. They might not spell it out, you know, black and white. But, but having that phone call is, is just really important to kind of tease out um, the background and so on and, mm. and try and get a full understanding of just you know how that person worked out in the previous role.
2: Just like that. Well, really appreciate you joining um, the show, Ka- Catherine. Um, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and, and thanks for giving us your little two cents Thank on you that. It so much. Like no, no, for sure. En- enjoy, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it coming on. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Rock and roll. That was Catherine Stewart, a barrister. She wasn't a barrister. She's a barrister. So we went straight from coffee to to, to barristers. Uh, interesting bit on that. You know, there's that saying. You know, hire for attitude, train for skill. Um, And it's many times where you can, you know, hire the person who thinks awesome but maybe toxic to an environment which might not be the best. And kind of, as Catherine was saying, you know, is this the best person for the job? Well, this person, yes, it's my mate and she'll be sweet and she'll be right, mate. It's like, yeah, well, will she when it's your name on it? Walshy, if it's your if it if it's your, your name that's behind everything. Um, I like the idea of the personality test then as well. Um it's something that I've I've done myself to see how, how I roll. And I actually share my personality test um with a little link whenever I go to do stuff with other people. It's kind of a random thing to do, but I just like others to know exactly who I am and how I roll and all the rest of it. Um and references on the, obviously on LinkedIn as well. One I would say is if you're looking to hire, you know, friends of mine or whatever, or just people that are close, look on their LinkedIn profile and look at the duration of how long they've been at their last five positions. Like, all of a sudden, if they're like, you know, three months here, five months there, six months there, seven months here, you're like, ooh, okay. You know, or is it just one spot for the last seven years and just, you know, loyal and smashing it and going up different positions? Something to look out for as well. Uh, the question I asked for today was, where is the best coffee in Aotearoa? Well, oh, team, there's some, some ones that come through. Dark Horse Coffee from Parapara Umu. no, right, Dark Horse Coffee. A Raglan Roast, yep, that's a banger. I'm definitely, I, I appreciate the Raglan Roast. Um, Good Time Joe's Hauraki, Uh, corner so good and and also i've I've had some some english my team i've already told you i've failed at english at high school you don't need to text me tell me i say the the words wrong tom texted me said the plural of text is texts not texts as you insist on saying with an exclamation mark hey dom hey look i'm just trying my best here buddy all right failed english just trying to work my magic but i appreciate you um coming in and and trolling the way um who else here we go uh quote come back from uh, Malcolm's text though hi there should be probably the ability to check out employers as well but quite often the employer will make out he's all good and then turns out to be a right nasty person slash business Malcolm that is great feedback you are absolutely right it's a two-way street when it comes to hiring uh one thing I would say and you know New Zealand's amazing because it's you know small and everyone knows everyone and it is horrendous because it's small and everyone knows everyone which is exactly why for situations like this it would actually be right from both sides when you've got your back channels of those that you know want to talk to their company you know if talk to them see like, what's their vibe actually like? What's the culture like internally? What's the leadership team like? What's their, you know, vibe and energy with how they communicate with people? Do they care about you, you and your whanau and your personal time, whatever it is? Great feedback, Malcolm. Appreciate it. Uh, text me through. Your feedback on 3920 and or the number to call if you want to have a little quick kōrero is 0800 Today FM. Uh, definitely love your feedback. After the break, we we'll catch up with this week's Young Buck. The time now is 17 minutes past 12. Here's goal to destroy the tall poppy syndrome.
1: His platform, Today FM.
2: This is Rebet Live.
1: Call 0800 Today FM.
2: Welcome back to Rebet Live, episode 321 on Today FM, live from San Francisco. My name is Rebea Hollis. You can find your local frequency at todayfm.co.nz or take us with you on the go. You can take us with you on the go. If you have the download app, it's called Rover. You get on the smartphone app store, you know what I'm talking about. Question of the day is, where's the best coffee shop in Aotearoa? Where's the best coffee? We've had some good ones coming through. And uh, excited to hear what you think. You can text me through on 3920. But right now it's time for our weekly Young Buck section. Young Buck is a great Kiwi up-and-coming human who's about to do damage in the business world and super stoked this week to be speaking with Prabjot um, Sodi from Ormiston Senior College in Auckland. Kia ora, Prabjot. How are you? I'm good, how are you a Good mate, I'm cruising on a Friday over here and how's your Saturday going back in Aotearoa?
4: Oh, it's been awesome, awesome. Just back from Latin America, now doing BizVenture Japan, another young enterprise extreme experience down in Wellington. So it's
2: been pretty okay. good. There you go, that's awesome. So you've got a company called UCarrier. Is that, is that right, UCarrier. have I said that right?
4: Yeah, that's perfect, exactly right, UCarrier.
2: There you go, all right, so it's a plant monitoring device designed to help your plants thrive and survive. So what just let's just rewind back a sec. You're at senior college and you've created a plant monitoring device business for your for your plants to thrive and survive. Is that Am I hearing that right? What are you doing?
4: You're hearing that exactly right. Yeah. So what it is, so you carry it as a plant monitoring device, is this little pod that you can stick in the soil of your pot plant and what it does is it just measures like the most important information needed for it to like thrive. And then if you have, like, a smart home speaker, like a Google Alexa or, Alexa or a HomePod Mini, you can connect it to that, and you can just go, hey, Alexa, how's my plant doing? And it'll tell you what it needs. Like, it needs this amount of water. It needs this amount of sunlight. So it's pretty awesome.
2: Okay, this is the part of the show where I say, piss off, that doesn't sound real. How? Where did this idea come from, and how did you make it to be able to sync directly into into Alexa with voice commands to give you real-time data input? How did this happen? Where did this idea come from?
4: Go. Okay, so um, this is an idea that I started working on a year ago. So it was my, my dad's really into like gardening and into plants. So what would happen is um, he would set up like all these like garden like plants in the backyard and then he would ask me to take care of it when he would go off for work. And so he would tell me to like water this much and do this much, like I'll give it this much sunlight. And then I would always, like what would happen would, was my plants always end up dying. Like, no matter, like, how much I try to follow the instructions, they just didn't seem to work. So I was like, oh, no, I got to do something about this, right? And then I was taking business and they're saying, um, think about a challenge that you're facing in your everyday life and try to really find a solution for it. And I was thinking, wow, if my plants are dying, I got to do something about it, you know? I got to make sure that they don't die, you know? So that's why I was like, okay, let's do something that we can kind of solve that problem.
2: Okay, so now let's get to the technical side. Obviously, you're a flippin' weapon because you can understand the technical elements to be able to build a physical device with real-time data input. So let's go there for a second. How did you get or build this thing to technically be able to exist? I'm just genuinely intrigued that someone as young as you is this switched on to do something like this because you're in a flippin' mega-billion-dollar industry and you've just done this by yourself. So f- kudos and flowers to you, and I'm, I'm keen to hear more. Talk me through the tech.
4: Okay, so yeah.
2: So IoT Tech
4: is um, what I've gotten is I've um, got all, all these sensors, right? So these you get, you can get your temperature sensors, you can get your solar panels, and you can get moisture sensors. So the ones that they normally uh, use in agriculture and stuff like that's already used in industrial tech. And so what I've done is basically took that technology that exists in the industry and kind of bring it into the residential, like into the commercial area. So what I've taken, I've taken all these sensors. I've got like a motherboard, uh, ESP8266. It's just like a like this board that you can put sensors on top. And then yep. I just just coded a program that just measures all the information. And it uploads it to a database. And so what happens is with this database, it's accessed by um, Alexa, Amazon Alexa's um, skills, or yep. blueprints. So I've got this little... Um, thing that we developers can do is they can just use this service to kind of connect up databases and so what it does is when you say hey alexa how's my plan doing what it does it just ret- uh, retrieves the data from the database and just outputs it and tells you what to do
2: based on that jingle bells all right so you use pre-existing uh, market hardware you created new software on top of it and then you link that into the voice activation side that's pretty much it yeah, So that was a prototype,
4: that's, that was kind of like getting the beginning uh, steps into it. And then now what what we've done is that we're currently in the stages of getting a custom board that's manufactured just to like streamline the production pop- uh, pipeline. So we're getting all these sensors, right? But now we're going to make them in the manufacturing process like built in onto the board rather than having to connect it up ourselves. So that's going to be like a great journey to kind of bring all those sensors together into
2: one piece and manufacture it like that. Okay, obviously you're a smart smart man Prabjot, uh, you've, you've done something which I haven't heard of before. Does this technology exist in the ecosystem globally in terms of the, the self-care management around plant monitoring? Does this, does, is this a new thing or are you doing a different version of something that exists but better? So Right now
4: there's currently nothing commercially available. And okay, I'm, I'm in. Kinda... Ten,
2: how much do you need, mate? How much? Dad, I'm in. You've sold me, mate. You have and sold me. All right, Brent, get his email. Let's flip and lock this down. I'll send you an NDA. Let's let's get this shit unlocked. Okay, so it doesn't exist. So you do realize you're in a billion-dollar market. How are you thinking of partnering or, or locking in an IP and just making sure you don't get screwed? What are you doing?
4: Yeah, so that's actually a quite a tough challenge that um, I'm currently facing. And that's something that I'm trying to explore is trying to get these patients on there. And I get it. I can protect it. So that's kind of like a legal challenge that I have to really kind of hone down into. Because right now I've been really focused on developing the technology, and I really, really haven't focused that much on the patents. So right now mm. um, I just need to hook up with a lawyer and just ask them like how, how I can get all the patents and
2: everything running through to keep it. There you go. And have you thought about strategic partners that exist in the ecosystem that already have sort of distribution that are in this sort of sp- space already that could be could be partners and stuff. Have you reached out to any strategic partners who actually might be keen to potentially fund it for you? Um, so there's like small agri-tech, um,
4: other like funding programs that I know Invit does a little bit of like normal funding that we've tried those methods, going through normal um, funding methods that the government provides, but it's also like young enterprise, but specifically agri-tech, um, not necessarily. We've done a lot of technology, um, Sponsors, we're trying to go through the sponsors are like Galaghar. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, they do like the technology award that they sponsor, like sponsorship that's going, kind of going around. And we're trying to get into that and get a little bit of the funding
2: to kind of fund the project. Mate, right, that's super, super exciting. Um, you'll be happy to know under NZ Tech, the New Zealand Technology Industry Association, there is the whole Agri- Agritech thing, and um, I used to be on the board of NZ Tech. So um, Bryn will get your email and your info. I'll happy, more than happy to, uh, to link you up there and ask a few questions with the team at um, Agritech. But hey, mate, I really appreciate um, you jumping on. Um, it's a really impressive uh, project what you've actually been able to do. Um, I'll give you this tip, mate. Keep as much equity as you can, but get with the biggest engine that you can to do all the hard shit for you. So you don't need to stress on that. Um, really appreciate jumping on, man. Enjoy the weekend, bro, and I'll talk to you soon. Legend, brother. What a weapon, team, jingle, bells. You just heard that first. So, you know, a plant monitoring device in real time. You can just ask your, you know, Alexia, or I'm guessing it'll go into Siri and Google soon, um, how your plants are doing, and it knows what to do. Absolutely awesome. Good on him. Uh, I always I always like hearing from young Kiwis just smashing stuff as you get old and you're like, you get all, you know, I'm not saying you get all bitter and stuff and you're hateful of the world, but, you know, you just get batted around a little bit. You realise, you know, life's not the easiest thing at times. And um, it's awesome to to hear from smart, super smart Kiwis like Prabjot there from Ormiston Senior College in Auckland doing something pretty awesome. So props on him. Look out for him in the future for sure. Uh, don't forget that you can text through on 3920. The question for today is where is the best... Coffee spot to go for a little, you know, breakfast catch-ups, maybe bring your laptop, check some emails. Uh, we've got uh, Ebony Coffee from Parmesan North come through. Um, then someone's gone uh, from Michael said, Compass Coffee, Seaview Marine Lower Hut, New Zealand's only cafe purpose built over the water for boats, bikers, walkers, talkers. Remember, coffee is the drug of our choice. Okay, well, for starters, Michael, everyone else has just said where it's from. It feels like, Michael, you own this and you've just tried to troll me by putting your whole like, spieling. So I tell you what, um, Michael, because you've just done such a good job Ring through on eight hundred today FM. Bryn will the phone, mate, and then and then we'll get you on the show for a second. You can give I'll give you a one minute pitch to talk about your Compass Coffee, CV Marine, the Lower Hut, uh, because clearly either the, you've just copy pasted some SEO from Google or, or something. Because I mean, you clearly own this thing. So Michael, ring on through eight hundred today FM. You're more than welcome to come on through. Coming up after the break, I've got my business in a minute tip for you. Uh, before today time with Karepe McDonald. The time now is twelve thirty, just on the half past. See you in a sec. Mentor Sherpa. Council.
1: Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit.
2: It's Rebet Live
1: on Today FM.
2: Rolling with some bangers. It's 27 minutes to one, Rebet Live, episode 321. Thanks for joining me. Business in a minute time. How to build a business leads on LinkedIn without costing a cent. Obviously, you know, we potentially may be in a recession, although potentially the recession doesn't identify itself as a recession because everyone's not exactly sure what's going on. But let me tell you what you can do. On LinkedIn, whenever, if you're an expert, let's say in social media, right, and then people are talking about it, you can go into the comments and you can add your two cents worth of value, but then make sure that people, if you continually do it in different niches, whatever you're into, whether it be law or HR or sales and marketing, if you constantly get seen adding genuine value or specific insights into niches that other people don't know about, they will see your name and realize that you actually know what you're talking about. And then eventually, if you've got a nice little tag up there, they can see how, they might be able to help you. And then what happens is they click your LinkedIn profile, they look at what you do, and then if you've done it right, they might be able to reach out for a call. Most people don't think about how they can use social media for free without spending anything. I actually got to 1.7 million people without spending a cent and just using a broken iPhone 7 just by doing the exact same thing on social media. And you can definitely do it too. So just think about where can you, where do you want to be communicating online? What, can you, what do you know in your head that other people don't? And how do you share that so then people can come back to you? Super simple. That's how to get more out of your business. Free business leads on LinkedIn. Got to spend a cent. All right. getty up. Time now is 26 minutes to one.
1: Learning today one phrase at a time.
2: Rebet's te on Rebet Live. I don't get sick of this track. I love this track. Each week, I absolutely love just hearing it, just bang it. So good! Right now it's todayo time. As we do every week, we catch up with Karepe McDonald from Culture Flow. Kiroa e Ketepe here, How are you, my bro? Yeah, Ketepe, it's my bro. Ketepe here, ke my friend. I hope your Saturday is cruising on the east coast. Nati Pro, massive joining on the show. What's going on this week, my friend? <laughs> oh, nothing much. Well, I just came
5: up to Rotorua clean up our uhi here, but the rain's starting to come in. So this week's phrase is ka and that means, oh, that's better, what a big improvement. So, you know, um, someone might come in with a better idea, a bit more time saving, a bit bit less work, you know, uh, what's the phrase, Uh, work, uh, smart uh, work less um or oh, something better smarter S- smart anyway harder. And yep. that's the one smart not harder kia ora and uh, ka ngangaro oh that's much better than what we were going to do ka pai say ka ngangaro koe re to nei ki waha wiki nei ka ngangaro
2: ka ngangaro there you go and it's a nganga with it, that ngangaro what a big improvement
5: yeah 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 I- what a big improvement
2: Awesome, my bro. Hey, enjoy the rest of your, your weekend. I hope you're ch- charging and thanks for jumping in, bro. No, all good,
5: Robert. You have a good week.
2: You hey, Ted, over you. Good luck. What a champion. Kari McDonald from the Legends at Culture Flow coming through with Kiwaha Otewiki or Phrase of the Week. Kangangaro. What a big improvement. There you go. Well, I hope each week... Oh, we, we have big improvements on the show and I, I think we're hopefully getting there. That is uh, te reo time for this week. If you've got any feedback or suggestions, you can text me through on 3920. The time now is 24 minutes to one. Bet Live
1: on Today FM.
2: So team, we need to talk about this. The question of the day that we had before was, where's the best coffee spot in Aotearoa, New Zealand? And if you would have listened, everyone was texting through saying, Raglan Roast, Dark Horse and... Para and then all of a sudden, someone just came out of the blue and it was very particular. That particular thing was it was Compass Coffee, Seaview, View Marine Lower Hut, New Zealand's only cafe purpose-built out over the water for boats, bikers, walkers, talkers. Remember, coffee is the drug of our choice. Which clearly, without even just just looking at it, clearly Michael owns this place. So we gave we told Michael to call in. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael called in. So just in real time, welcome to the show, Michael. Clearly the owner. compass coffee or maybe the most person with the most stamps on it with their loyalty card what are you doing how is your day going what's up
0: if i had stamps on my loyalty card um i'd I'd, have to be the size of a bible um look (laughs) mate i am the owner of the cafe I knew it. I had a feeling.
2: uh, I had a feeling.
0: And then I'm not trolling you. I just love listening to you.
2: (laughs) Oh, hey, that's one way to get you on the the air, mate. Just come on. Just just tell me I'm not doing shit. I'll I'll take it. So maybe we'll jump into this for a second. So... Um, we're going to later on the show. We're going to be talking about the, the the baristas or baristas. Sorry, I've been getting, getting them wrong all morning. Uh, I'll give you a one minute. I'll give you a one minute pitch. Go go for gold with why you have the greatest coolest coffee spot in all of Aotearoa Go. We set up
0: the day after the Kaikoura earthquake, and in the marina uh, there was damage uh, and so on. But that was our first day of operation, and over the over the following. Um, two years after the, after that, we designed um, a purpose-built cafe which could cater for boats as well. So we get boats coming alongside our pontoon. We have 24 metres of pontoon. So we can take fairly large boats along there, visiting boats from outside of Wellington or just boats from the marinas. Also jet skis um, and... On the roadside, we have bikers come along, we have walkers, we have drivers, um, and we have a lot of talkers. So, that, um, as well as that, we do fantastic coffee, we do cabinet food. But the top and off, we get lots of families coming down because today we've got a seal hanging around. Um, We have ducks, we have swans, we feed the fish, and we just basically have a great time down there. So th- I'm not sure whether that's 45 seconds or one minute, I don't
2: know. Well, the producer just called through. He said it was four minutes and 84 but, seconds. But no, we did we did pretty sweet there. I, I like it. I'm always happy to support the Kiwi companies. So maybe I'll jump into this. Um, how have you have you felt the journey of, of ownership over the last couple of years through COVID and stuff? And maybe touching on the community and connection side of things of bringing people together to, to, for FaceTime and, and enjoying some good times.
0: Yep, look, um, over over the last two years, it's been incredibly hard, incredibly stressful. Um, When we went through lockdown the first time, um, I needed to advertise for some staff. Now, we had well over 500 applicants for one job. Now, I'm needing to increase staff again, and we just can't find anyone. Um, so, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but no one is applying for jobs.
2: So, so do you think it's because everyone's through COVID, they've just got comfortable at home making TikToks in their pajamas? What, what, what are I they? So. What are they doing? What's going do that, on? But
0: I think I think you're on. You're, I think you're on the money. Um, it's just too easy to stay at home. So, but I mean, we have a really vibrant atmosphere down at Compass Coffee, um, and we're the, the staff like family. After work, they go out on one of the staff, other staff members' yacht and go sailing for the for the evening and that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great community down there. We have a huge amount of regulars that come to us. Um, and everyone just loves it. And, and also, the other, the other great thing about it, going through this whole COVID debacle um, with social distancing and that type of thing, we've got, we've got picnic tables outside, we've got a deck over the water where there's lots of fresh air, lots of open spaces. Um, but also, when it's a horrible southerly, we've got a really nice, comfortable, um, nautical-themed-designed interior. Um, just to bring people closer to nature
2: and boats. Mm, I get it, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you. Um, obviously listening to the show, tr- uh, text trolling me in. to bring up. We, I knew you were the only. As soon as I read that, I was like, this guy flipping owns it. Let's get him on the show, Brian. Let's <laughs> let's jump him in there. Hey, so I appreciate your your time today, and best of luck with everything you're doing there. And hopefully, some of these flipping, these lazy TikTokers get out of their PJs, get their ass in gear, go out there and make some money and and pre- contribute to society. You know what I'm talking about?
0: <laughs> yep. Hey, wonderful. and love,
2: love your show. I appreciate it, bro, my man. Hey, there you go. Michael uh, just jumped on in there with a, with a solid text. So if you're in uh, Lower Hut, go support the bro. Compass Coffee, View Marina, he's told you all about it. You can kind of imagine how awesome it looks. Coming up after the break, oh, super pumped. We're going to have Murray Tom on, a legendary New Zealander entrepreneur, all sorts, we're going to be talking to learn, share, repeat. What is that? We find out what books he's reading, what's his favourite podcast, and all sorts of stuff. Time now is eighteen minutes to two. No, to one. Time zones, you know how it is. My maths. I told you, you already failed English and maths. And give me a break. See you in a sec. Rebet live,
1: live from Silicon Valley, the hub of the tech universe,
2: with tips on unleashing your entrepreneurial potential
1: on Today FM.
2: Let's go, let's go. Fourteen minutes to one. Hope you Saturday as cruising along. Welcome back to Rebet Live, episode three hundred and twenty-one. Smashing it on Today FM. Time now It's for Learn, Share, Repeat, uh, where we catch up with legendary Kiwis doing cool stuff and find out, you know, what they listen to, where they're learning from, and we're stoked to be able to have Murray Tom on the show. He's a passionate Kiwi who's made a significant, I'd say very significant, contribution to Aotearoa uh, life, including art, sport, publishing, music, philanthropy, and all sorts. He was executive producer of Dave Dobbin's 1998 album, Loyal, uh, which went on to win Best Album, and just so much other stuff. The Great New Zealand Cookbook, just a just bunch of rad shit. So welcome to the show, Murray. How are you, my friend?
6: Robert,
2: it's just a joy to be with you, mate. Oh, mate, see, just like that, you won't remember this, mate, but I'll tell you what. When I first met you we were with uh, Russell Hewitt at the Farno at pad and you had one of the most energetic, awesome, casual, but genuine vibes ever, and I was like, dude, I flip and mess with this dude. I, this guy is the shit, oh. and I had no, no context of exactly who you were and how it rolled because I was obviously a young buck and I hadn't done the Googling, but I did some Googling after and jingle bells. I was I was hyped for your energy and it's great to <laughs> back up. <laughs>
6: Listen, have you have you put Uncle Russell on your show?
2: Again, I do. I, I'm going to get him. I'm going. I will get him. That is definitely right. Bren is taking uh, notes. He he will make it on the show because he would be fantastic. Well, you know who else is also fantastic? It'd be yourself, Mister Murray. How is your Saturday going? Where are you yeah. and what's bobbling? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm actually just
6: um, on the waterfront in Auckland, uh, looking out on the harbour. It's absolutely beautiful. Having a just having a fantastic day. So feeling great. Thank you.
2: There you go. Okay, maybe we'll, before we get into learn share of where we figure out what podcasts you listen to and what books you're reading. Or maybe I'll ask this: How do you keep so much energy? That it, younger, better. You've got such a young energy. You're like an Ian Taylor. Ian Taylor's like yeah. should be like retired and chilling yes. and putting his feet up, and he sends it harder than myself. And I think I send it. Where does your energy come from for it's, all this awesomeness? Uh,
6: yeah, it's funny because. I was actually having coffee with Sir Ian a couple of weeks ago, and, mate, I, f- I felt exactly the same way. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, like I, I turned 65, can you believe, last week, so I'm on the pension, for goodness sake, you know? <laughs> and I think Sir Ian might even be... I think even Seren might be a couple of years older than me, but I'm thinking when I'm standing there, or when I was sitting chatting to him, I thought, mate, you—he looks like he's—he feels like he's just getting started, and isn't that just the best feeling when you just feel that? And I think that the key to that is just to—to to be on a mission. I think that the key to be um, vibrant is—is to, is to be on a mission. That—that's—that's that's in a nutshell for me.
2: Mate, I I absolutely have no and I think the thing with with what a lot of people don't realise is energy is infectious and energy builds sure momentum. Is. You know, it's it's it such sure a mental does. headspace. You know, whatever it is, it really so, honestly it really does. I I agree. So the good news is uh, uh, Ian is actually isn't in his sixties. He's actually in his seventies. So if he already has and he still has this much energy now, the good news for you is my friend, you've got at least dec- a couple of decades left of just sending it as hard as you are.
6: But also, when you look at the people, and you know, I mean, we've all looked at it, like you know, the, the age of the. I mean, how old's Biden? I mean, you know, I mean, how old's Trump? I mean, I think all these guys are in their seventies. How old's Richard Branson? I mean, look, look, I, I think that that's I think that that's encouraging for all of us. If we feel that we haven't quite got to where we want to be, I think particularly, hey, I've got three kids. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, it's like the end of the world if they haven't sort of done what they want to do when they're thirty. You know what I'm saying? It's a long, beautiful. Life and people peak at various times, don't they?
2: Yeah. Well, it's almost maybe instead of um, orange is the new black, like maybe old is the new new. So there you go. You got still well, got look time. I, still got yeah. time.
6: <laughs> yeah, I think you could work on that a little bit, but I know what you're trying to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so let's get into it for learn, share, repeat. Right now, okay. What, are, you, are you more into podcasts or books, or where do you spend your energy with where you learn and what you learn? Books books
6: I, I just like to read i just think it's a different dynamic we've all you know we all process things differently but i just love to sit and read um also when you read you go at your own pace nobody's dictating mm-hmm. the pace and i quite like that as well um but like you know i i got the dreaded um COVID a couple of weeks ago, so I was home for a week, and I think I read three books during that time. I read um, I read Bob Woodward's book on Trump, which was, oh God, terrible, um, as you would imagine. <laughs> uh, I just read Angela... Angela Merkel's book, you know, the Chancellor of um, of Germany just read her book as well. So I really, I love to read books, um, and you know, I love to read. I, I'm basically all about biographies and autobiography. So I don't do a lot of fiction. I, I love to read about people's lives. That's my favourite thing.
2: There you go. Okay, so so obviously, if you're reading a book on Trump and Merkel, you're obviously not only a leader yourself, but you're interested in the—is it the dynamics of leadership? Is the story behind the yes. story? Is that the the meta? Go yes.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much. I mean, I didn't really know anything about Angela Merkel, for, and now I'm like talking like it's my mastermind subject. But you know, like you know, you like you know, she was brought up in like you know East Berlin. You know, like like she was there when the wall was put up that separated East and West, and then she went on uh, in this uh, just just a humble, collaborative woman who never. Saw um, sought the limelight and so different of course to most leaders who you know you, they feel they've got to be charismatic and you know she wasn't like that i feel, i just felt after reading her book that she was a real servant of the people and boy very few people wear that as a badge of honor anymore
2: well, I was just—I don't know if you've been—you've been following the um, the Derek Jeter documentary that's been coming out on uh, ESPN for the captain of the Yankees that that went on the epic run, and he was the captain there. And there was a difference talking about um, Alex Rodriguez, who was very popular at the time. And basically, they said they're trying to compete against each other, and they were like, no. Alex Rodriguez wanted to be the hero of himself as the hero for everything. Yes. Uh, Derek Jeter yes, yes, wanted yes, to yes. be the, the captain for all, and it was about the team. And, it, and there's a lot of similarities. Yes. Literally When you talked about Trump and Merkel, it's the same thing of, like, you know, it's, it's Trump, like the Rodriguez thing, trying to be the hero at the front, and then Merkel is about the team Definitely. and the people and the, and the genuine energy, you know? There's always that crossover of sport and brother, leadership for sure.
6: Brother, you've got all the
2: answers, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I, I'm very inquisitive and I'm very I always get very intrigued and in finding these little kernels that cross over, especially between sport and stuff right now. So okay, so you've done I I, Mertho-
6: I, I, said, I, I said I said I said to my kids when they were very young, I've always said that interested people are interesting people. If you want to be an interesting person, just be interested in the people that are around you. Most people are so self-absorbed, they just want to talk about themselves the whole time. But just when you start asking people questions, everybody's got an amazing story.
2: Agreed, which is why I'm still so pissed that no one has yet done an RSA podcast that literally goes to RSAs and talks to old doggers that have epic banter and do it anonymously so they Listen, can actually have vents in life. I love it. It's, it's, it's,
6: it's, hey, it's not too late. To, I mean, is that an idea that you feel strongly about?
2: For years, I've been wanting someone to do it, to literally go have a couple of beers no, no, at every no, single RSA. What's this... What's this? What's the someone to do it? Honestly,
6: well, you know, I mean, where, where's the Michael Jackson man in the mirror? Come on, yeah, this is obviously your project.
2: Obviously, I'm, I'm currently in Silicon Valley, Murray, but yes, when I'm back, I do talk. I try to, to talk to all sorts of people. Oh, I, I, oh,
6: sorry. I didn't realize that Silicon Valley couldn't, you know, relate, you know, the, communicate <laughs> with the rest of the world.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. We need to have you on every week. You just banter. It's so good. So, <laughs> I want to, before, before Bryn kicks you off being such a menace on the show, I want to know, yep. when you think of the future of Aotearoa in New Zealand, as you've seen it from the last 65 years to the next 65, what's your take at a macro of where you feel we can really get to if we all get aligned?
6: Oh, mate, jeepers.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
6: too me for a Saturday? Well, what am I doing? <laughs> well, no, it's funny. I was listening to the national program this morning, and a gentleman that I didn't know called, and I think I've got his name right, Dr. Pentagrass. I don't know if I know, but um, but he was talking about the future of Maori with an Aotearoa. It was such an epic interview. Oh, my God. I was so inspired by that. But at the end of the day, vision is what it's all about when you've got a strong vision then people come behind it and then you get mobilized at the moment we don't have i think particularly in political leadership and and local government leadership there's not a lot of vision nobody's painting a compelling vision and when you've got a compelling vision that's where momentum comes from that's where action comes from we all know we live in the most amazing country in the world we've just got you know and and you know look look we can be epic at the end of the day and you know uh, look uh, uh, for me my uh, I have a very very optimistic view of the future here in our beautiful country.
2: Mate there's plenty of time f- left for you to go into politics mate all I hear is like vision and some banter I'll happily support you do your PR whatever you need I'll run your socials I'll do your live streams if you've no, got no, that look, next look, fish mate, you're in so there. i, <laughs> I I'm uh, P- Peter
6: Ehrlich, who's a mate of mine, interviewed me once, and he said, "What about running for you know local government or national government?" I said, "Listen, mate, all I want to do is make the best billboards, have win the election, have the best after party ever, but then I don't want to do anything after that."
2: <laughs> it sounds like most politicians, mate. Isn't that isn't that what? The- <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I love- no, but even the but their bill- but their billboards and after parties aren't so great either.
2: I oh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Because they haven't invited us, that's why, Murray. Hey, Murray, I really appreciate 100%. you joining the show. This has been mega, and then when, when I'm home, I'll, I'll head back up and we'll go for a hit of golf. or have a beer with Uncle Russ. It'll be awesome.
6: I, I would, I would love to do, mate. This for me has been a life highlight. Thanks for having me. A life.
2: <laughs> 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 Spoken like a true politician, ladies and gentlemen, Murray Tom. <laughs> have a really great patient. day, mate. My See man, there you go. Jingle bells. It's not usually someone jumps on that sends it at a level 12, and I flip and I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. I'll see you in the sec, team. After the break, we've got a quick little My Three Cents, and am are about to head to the hour. Four minutes to one. His goal, to destroy the tall poppy syndrome.
1: His platform, Today FM.
0: This is Rabette Live.
1: Call 0800 Today FM.
2: This is Rebecca live on Today FM, episode 321. You can find your local frequency at todayfm.co.nz or take us with you on the go on the free Rover app from your smartphone's app store. Uh, Before we head into the hour, I just wanted to give my three cents. My three cents today, and I did a little video on it before, was about giving flowers. Too often in life, everyone waits for someone to die And then they're in the ground or whatever it is, and they stand up and then they say a nice little speech about all the cool stuff that they did and the way they affect the people and the stuff they help people with. And so I think more of us need to give flowers when people are still here. And so today I gave my flowers to Dave Latelli. Why? I think he's single-handedly doing one of the most amazing things for one person that's been led, basically creating a whole movement with BBM and what he's doing. This isn't a paid sponsorship because he also has a show on Today FM. This is just genuinely because he's a flipping great human doing good stuff. And it gives you the thing to realise, if there's someone in your life right now that's doing cool things, reach out to them, send them a text message, and literally be like, yo, just a random one, want to say props on all this cool stuff you did, or thank you for this, or props on that. You'll be surprised at how much that actually means to others. There you go. Uh, that's all uh, right to come. We've got news, sport and weather. Challenge for today. Text someone you know and say what up and say thanks. Time now is almost one o'clock. Coming up in the next hour, we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff. We'll see you in a sec, team. Text someone that you care about. Say thank you. Be gracious. Give them their flowers. Flower time, team. See you in a sec. His goal. To destroy the tall poppy syndrome.
1: His platform, Today FM.
0: This is Rabette Live.
1: Call 0800 Today FM.
2: It's hour number two, Rabette Live, episode 321 on Today FM. Uh, We talk about all things commerce, community and culture. I just heard the news then, it was talking about Will Smith. Mate, it doesn't take three months to say you're sorry, dude. Flip and go see the dude. Don't do it on social. Don't make it a big spectacle. Like, get your ass over to him sort sort it out, man. Stop and see social apologies. Stuff that. Doesn't take you three months to realise it's not okay to slap a dude in the face. Jingle bells. So anyway, I saw a quick little vent. I just, like, sidetracked off for a second. I just heard that I'm saying, what are we doing? Coming up on the sale in just a moment, I'm speaking with the founders of DOSH. Oh, I love that. Uh, the Kiwi-owned mobile wallet tech company, as well as Tall Poppy Profile. I'm going to be joined by Lawrence Alexander, the director and founder of Rubber Monkey, Aotearoa's e-commerce platform for creatives. Super stoked about that. Then we've got the bro, Paul Conway the Reserve Bank Chief Economist going to be answering your questions at 1.30. And it's becoming hard to find someone to make barista coffees, not barristers. I've learned my English today. Uh, nationwide Sortage. shortage. And we're going to be catching up with the Specialty Coffee Association, Ros Cattell, who will be joining me just before two o'clock as well. Uh, question of the day, uh, where is the best spot in Altidor to, to get your own coffee? Especially, you know, if you're a little business, sit down, catch up with whānau, do whatever you're doing, text me through on 3920. whole bunch of uh, things have been coming through, including Compass Coffee. We had Michael on the show who just text trolled in, made his way onto the show, he snuck in very sneakily, or you can call through on 0800 Today FM. All right, team, let's get into hour number two. Time now is 4 past 1 p.m. Rebet Live. All right, James McHenry and Shane Marsh are the founders of DOSH, the first digital wallet in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Super cool guys, have just raised $5 million and they've done a big deal with Visa. And this week they won a really big banking award. Very cool about that. Let's get into that. The first time a non-bank has won, which is very cool. And it's the first time a uh, Aotearoa FinTech has also won. So guys, thanks for coming into the show. Welcome along. How are you? Yeah, good
7: morning, Robert. Thanks for having us. Good, thanks.
2: Let's go. All right, so maybe let's jump into this for a second. How'd you beat a bank in an award? Because banks always win everything. So let's, let's just jump there. How'd you beat the banks? What are you doing?
7: Yeah, good yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Bit. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, basically, you know, we came back. Uh, with two Kiwis living in Singapore We're up there using some pretty cool tech that was, was fun to use, let us pay people instantly, let us buy goods and services by scanning things, getting loyalty. And when the COVID hit, we came home and, uh, you know, I, I met this guy who was my neighbor, Shane Marsh, he was a Kiwi, didn't know him before we were living up there and we are in the pool having a few beers one day. And uh, I said, look, I'm looking forward to going back to New Zealand to use this tech, surely someone's done it. And, uh, he said, cannot, it doesn't exist. And I'm, I'm a curious guy. And I just said, look, well, why not? I'm not a banker. Shane's the banker and Dosh was born in our living room in Singapore. And then we came home and, um, you know, during the pandemic last year, we just got it done. We just leaned into it, surrounded ourselves with great people who knew how to do this stuff and um, and plugged it in and off we went and, and, and brought, a, brought a new bit of tech, one well, old tech to New Zealand, which basically allows Kiwis to get paid 24-7, something the banks can't do today in New Zealand.
2: All right. So, Shane, let's jump at you for a second. So what is DOSH and how does it actually work? I understand the concept, but talk me through it.
8: Yeah, sure. So it's a uh, mobile app on your phone which you you download from the Apple or or Google Store. And then uh, you you open an account, uh, you can put money in the account, and then you can pay your friends uh, instantly. So the money moves between your account and their account uh, instantly, uh, 24-7. And you don't pay to their bank account numbers. So you don't need to swap bank account numbers. You can just pay to their mobile phone. So it's much faster, and much easier to pay people than the way people do it in New Zealand today. So today, you know, those payments, if you're doing it via bank transfer, are delayed. Um, in the weekend, they they don't move at all, that, that, those payments. Um, so we've bought real-time instant payments uh, to New Zealand, which is something that you know, most of the other leading countries in the world already have today.
2: So real time, so it's essentially traditional real time transactions, but without using crypto, but you, <laughs> <right>. so James, <laughs> h- how, how have the banks made you, how, have, how are you guys still alive right now when you're literally just <laughs> going straight at the banks? Like what is the feedback from this being and who are you a threat to? And how has that been going in terms of the growth of a small Kiwi startup going against literally billion and trillion dollar banking behemoths? Talk me through that whole experience, James.
7: Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, the, the tech's the easy part, really. Um, the hardest part was launching this product in New Zealand, and at the end of the day, due to the compliance and regulation we have here in New Zealand, we have to hold the client's funds in a trust account at one of the big four banks, right? So that's that's table stakes for us, and so we went and engaged all four of those banks, and, um, you know, some of them were really open to innovation and and Engaging around supporting a small New Zealand fintech trying to do good for Kiwis, and they are the ones that we ended up partnering with. Right, they are the ones that uh, we sat down with and had good conversations, and they didn't see, see us as competitors. They saw us as helping Kiwis access their money better, something they today could could and cannot do. So, you know, it's, it, it was very much a um, let's go and engage and have a chat and talk through. The opportunity for New Zealanders, and that was the you know that's what got us to the table with with a couple of the banks who we who are, who are, who are working really well with
2: today. Uh, that's a very great way of not naming the bank who you actually <laughs> went with, mate. <laughs> so maybe just go here for a sec. What is the business model of how you guys get money, and how does this thing scale out? Like, wh- how how does this work, and how do you guys you know buy your Lamborghinis before you get bought up by one of the the big boys, or what happens? Talk me through it. <laughs> Yeah, I can take that one. So it's um, for us, it's
8: really about um, introducing this new technology uh, to the market. And, and payments is a great um, network um, builder because you don't tend to pay yourself, right? So you pay other people. That brings more and more people onto the platform, um, and it scales out in, in that way. What we intend to do is to introduce new innovative financial services products that let Kiwis get great value um, for the money that they hold in the accounts and for the services that they do, and make continue to make um, the the services through DOSH really easy um, for uh, for New Zealanders. So, while well, we started with payments, um, we see that you know as the years um, go by, we'll be adding more and more uh, really innovative new products to the market for uh, to to make Kiwis' lives easier.
2: And directly through the apps, obviously, you know the transaction is almost like the feeder that brings the the funnel of people in. They engage with the app. You build the data off the back of it, and you add on additional products and services on top of it. It's awesome, guys. It's it's really cool. So, James, talk me through this. Like, how is the? How do you? How would you describe the journey of growth to date? Like, how are you feeling? How's the headspace? How's the balance? How's the? How's it all been bubbling? And how's it all going? How do you feel it's going?
7: Yeah, it's a great question. So, so Shane and I both have long corporate backgrounds and tens of our careers so this is the first time you know mid 40s we've told our families we're, we're throwing in the corporate towel and we're going to go and remortgage the house and lean into an opportunity that we think is pretty exciting for new zealand so with that came a lot of soul searching and risk right it was it was a bit of a leap of faith um you know shane and i work really well together he's the he's the ops. he's got the banking and the payments expertise and i'm, I'm sales and marketing customer focus so it, you know, I, I explain to people who ask me, it's like a, a fast train, it's like a speed train in, in Japan, moving at pace, and we're trying to repaint the train, we're trying to add new carriages, we're trying to onboard people onto the train all at the same time. So it's um, you know, it, it's been you know some days where we're, we've got so many multiple balls in the air, trying to do so much. But the lucky thing is we've surrounded ourselves with cool partners who really understand what we're trying and these these people are media buyers advertising creative product um you know these is a good example of that they they get what we're trying to do and they just want to help and i guess the biggest learning that i've learned coming back to new zealand after being away for four or five years was i never really used my network that i built up Mm. and everybody in new zealand who i've reached out to for half an hour has given me a coffee for half an hour right that's and that's giving me a fast no as well but also going hey let's sit down let's understand your strategy, or I need help with a certain part of the business. Every person I've asked has given me time, which I've really, you know, I can't thank them enough, um, even in the short time we've been alive. So um, that's my biggest learning is, is, is take those emotions but reach out because somebody's got an answer, right? You've got an answer yeah. about your experience. My friend who's in strategy can help me develop a new value proposition for a new product, and, and don't underestimate people's time. Though You know, they
2: want to help if they can. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I totally agree. The majority of Kiwis don't reach out to other Kiwis to actually help them when I always have this thing of like, you know, New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win. And the, 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 the obviously I'm here in the Silicon Valley in the States. The world is flipping massive and I hate when people, especially in the tech space, think of the small little bubble like it's us against the neighbour or the guy across the street or north versus south or city versus city. It's like New Zealand to the world, you know. It's like local to global. So sh- Shane, maybe just jump in for a sec. I'm interested to ask... Is this you? You know, James was just saying you, you first sort of jump out. You've been doing the corporate thing for ages, and you've jumped in. Is this both of your first time, Shane? That you, you've jumped into the world of entrepreneurship and startup and stuff? Is this is this the new full feelings you're feeling, or you've kind of been through this this, this route before out of um out of the corporate world?
8: Yeah, no, it's, it's very new for for myself as well. This is the first time. I mean, when we're at, at university, we we get taught to uh, you know a lot go and find a really good corporate job and. In a lot of ways, I look back at the at the career path, and it's great because you do learn a lot of discipline, and you learn how big organisations work. Um, but within us, I think there was always something that was like, "Would you know? We want to have a crack at doing our own thing." Um, but when you step out of the corporate world, you know, you quickly learn that um, there's a lot of skills that you haven't picked up through through that career path. And for example, fundraising. You know, James and I have done um, two rounds of fundraising, pre-seed and seed. And um, while it used a lot of the skills that we'd um, picked up through our corporate careers, it's still very new as well. Um, So it it definitely feels different being in a, in a startup. You know, we, we live to our our next um, fundraise or our next, you know, revenue earn. um, And your, your job is connected to the success of that, which makes it feel quite edgy. Um, But it's really exciting as well. And there's a lot of, Um, enjoyment and and passion that
2: comes from feeling like we're bringing something new to the market and we're making a difference. Good on you, and it's the same thing. I I don't know if it's a... I, I made it up ages ago. I don't know if someone else has said it, but if not, I'll definitely claim it. It's that thing of, you know, even if you win the rat race you're still a rat. <laughs> so it's always interesting yeah. when people, you have, a, you go on this other journey, especially outside of, you know, the regular, you know, nine to five or corporate or whatever, you feel the, you get all the upside and the glory if it pops and goes great and then you get all the, the, the pain and the chaos if it doesn't go go good too because you feel that weight of ownership, especially when you're um, first time in the entrepreneurial game. So before, before you go, maybe James will ask, are you allowed to, would you prefer or not prefer to say what bank you actually partnered with that was brave enough to actually partner with you on this venture? Are you allowed to say, or would you rather keep it discreet and, and stealth for now? Yeah,
7: we're, 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 we're quite open we about say, who our prime. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're quite open about who who supported us, and you know, uh, BNZ and Kiwi Bank are the other two providers Let's that are you know, really <laughs> are really engaging. That are really engaging us, and you know, we're open about those relationships um and, and we've got a good a good partnership at this at this point so it's it's exciting to see that they're up to um, up to help us take potentially some of their customers as well on a bit of a journey, right?
2: Hey, that is, that is too good. It was a very risky question to ask live on the air, but I'm very stoked that you had those answers because I know Yurkovich at the Kiwi Bank very well. He's an absolute great man. And then um, I'm homies with with Luke and all the crew over at, um, and, and Jacko and stuff at the BNZ crew. So uh, it's cool that they're, uh, I was actually just genuinely interested. I was like, you know, when you talk about innovation, do you actually embrace it? And clearly uh, this is, crew, which is which is really cool. So let's give you guys a plug. You're doing some brave stuff. And I don't think you need to stress, boys, because, you know, when you, if you want to make a fortune, you go where the fortune is, and obviously the fortune revolves around money, and you're in a product which involves money, and you're already partnered with the bank. So I think, like, I think you'll be all right, team. So let's jump here before we plug off. Um, where can they go to? What they? Where do they go? What do they do if they want to? You know, uh, check out more about what you're up to at Dosh. Yeah, thanks. So you,
7: you can go to the, the Apple Store or the or the Google Store and, and and download Dosh. It's free to download. It's free to use. Um, we'll be launching a, a card, a Visa debit card to the wallet. We'll be doing a, a full relaunch of DOSH um, in a few months' time. We're really excited about that and also plugging in some other products that will help you spend and use the card and get rewarded for um, using, using DOSH. So, yeah, so head to your, head to your, your iOS or, or Google store and, or you can get us online on um, www.dosh.nz and, and reach out to us directly and we can um, answer any questions
2: you have. There you go, hey Shane and James. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on and super cool of um the what you what you're into and how you're doing it. So well done, you guys. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and cheers for cheers for locking in, legends. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Have a good one. Awesome. Always good talking to Kiwi weapons that are doing cool stuff and interesting when you know you've been in the corporate game for a minute, been there for twenty years or so, and jumping onto their first entrepreneurial activity. I tell you what, team, it's risky. Ninety-five percent of them fail, but man, geez, when it pops, it there's a great, great ride. And it sounds like the boys at Dosh are doing well. So yeah, support the boys if you want to get there. Go check it out. And props to um uh, Steve at Kiwi Bank and the crew at BNZ for backing them on a Kiwi business, trying to do some cool, innovative stuff. Uh, don't forget, you can text me through on three nine two zero. The question for today was, where's the best cafe in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that you like to hang out with?" The Fano. Go for a little business meeting, whatever it is. Text me through. There's some good ones coming through so far. Uh, after this break, we're speaking with a Tall Poppy profile, which will be next. The time now is. 18 minutes past 1. The show that loves tall poppies.
1: A bit live.
2: Here's this week's tall poppy profile. Everybody's hands go up because we like to support tall poppies here on Robert Live, episode 321 on Today FM. Today for today's tall poppy profile, simple goal. You know, New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win. like to see Kiwis win. Joined by Lawrence Alexander, the director and founder of Rubber Monkey, New Zealand's e-commerce platform for creatives and all sorts of things. I've used them many a times. This isn't a paid ad. Genuinely good stuff, great prices and do some cool soup things. Uh, So welcome to the show. Lawrence, how are you, my friend? Hey, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Very well today. It's raining here in Wellington, but other than that, coping. All right. Well, you know, classic Wellington. They'll teach you, mate. You you know, what do you expect, mate? What do you expect? Hey, so maybe let's go. Obviously, you know, you're seeking, doing a bit of a raise at the moment to expand your presence over into Aussie. You're going to drive some growth plans and stuff. Talk me through, in a a bit of a one-minute spiel, how would you describe in a tweet Rubber Monkey's journey to date as a founder of a fast-growing business?
9: Uh, okay, I, that's a, that's a good way to put it, I, I, I reckon, I reckon, I, I mean, basically, like, I get I get super passionate about this sort of stuff, because it's like a, it's it's one of those things in business where you, they talk about it usually after the fact, you've got to have your why. but I was really certain of that at the beginning, and what I wanted to do was get products into New Zealand, cheaper and more available, and just solve this thing, this problem that we've been having is that we were in a rental company, we couldn't, we just couldn't get access to stuff and honestly the people we were talking to that were the sales agents were frustrating me and that frustration just led to me going, I'm a sales guy and my my best mate is e commerce guy. There's a solution to this. So I would boke him about it. I mean he was involved in a lot of stuff and, and and he was busy and I was like, Come on man, we could we could really do this. Like this is this has got legs, this idea and we talked about it talked about it and then we finally uh, agreed to do it one day. I mean, he walked in and goes, let's do it. Let's, let's sell stuff. And I was like, cool, where do we start? And so got some ideas. He, he was onto the e-commerce platform pretty pretty quickly. And so I'd say the journey, the journey has to then build this platform. Now, Rubber Monkey just looks like a, an e-commerce store to everyone else. But what what it is is this really um, high level of technology that sits in the background and helps every department do their work. And it's all really integrated because we built it all from... from from scratch, from nothing. So that's what's been going on for the last 10 years is building this awesome like, integration of technology to drive all the moving parts. And and now we've got this little this little engine that could, <laughs> and we, we want to fuel it up. So I think the Aussie thing is now just the next step, because obviously the trick is, you know, we're really good at moving boxes and selling boxes and, and um, all that sort of stuff. And, and now's the time to, you know, go go next level. So that's how I'd kind of describe
2: it to you in the, in the one-minute boom, yeah. That's, no, I, I totally get it. I mean, most of the time when these, you know, for starters, as a founder, you find problems and then you try to solve it usually for yourself and then they expand into something which you would, potentially wouldn't have predicted. Obviously, your your clarity on the vision of what you were trying to achieve at the get-go has brought you to a pretty great spot, which is cool. But the interesting part, Lawrence, you know, you're obviously doing this raise at the moment. I think it's like, you know, 2.5 mil or whatever to try and push over into to Aussie. The question, uh, kind of a question is, you know, most of the time these brands and businesses, they will go to Aussie and then do an outshoot to, to NZ. You're kind of going the other way, pushing over into there, saying, hey, especially when it comes to, you know, e-commerce and, and and stuff as well. How's the headspace been going? You know what? Aussie needs this too. And going from, I guess, local to global in some sense. Talk me through the headspace of expansion with, with wanting to do more with what you've built and created and kind of a bit of the, the thinking behind those decisions. Yeah, so I think
9: there's a... There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of factors in that, but but one of the things is that we, because I spent nine years in Sydney, so I was sort of on the ground there and I was experiencing how the, the the sort of some of the creative industries worked. I worked in a music store and then I worked in distribution, and I and I've been over there regularly since I came back to New Zealand. And what I noticed is like it's just filled with these incumbent businesses that have been around for thirty plus years, and some of them are multi generational, and, and what what I notice is that you know if, so if something is if something is handed down, you know it's his dad's business and he hands it down, or it's passed through the, the family. But like the passion can switch from from something that was you know really driven by this you know internal desire to create this thing to just something that is just a mechanism and it's just a job and it's just nine to five. And so there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And there's also because some of these businesses are older, they they find it hard to adapt with the way they've been doing their business into this new world of e-commerce. And, we are e-commerce by, by from day one. You know, we're bred that way. And um, and I think that leaves the path wide open to bring that into Australia, where there's not a lot of that. There, is, there, there are elements of it, but not in a way where that's the true focus. Like, this is what we do. We do e-commerce and we focus on that. And it's like, think about that every day. We don't think about how to stock shelves and do cool displays. We think about how do we get that product to that customer fast, if it's broken, how do we get it back, how do we get to prices? We've just really laid the focus on that. And that's a really different thing than what I've seen companies in Australia doing. They're they're trying to add on e commerce to this existing business which works in an entirely different way and the two don't quite meet. And that's yeah. an opportunity I think for Rubber Monkey with its sort of really focused e commerce offering to jump in there and go, Hey, this is a new way to do this stuff and this is but, you know brought to you by the guys that's like trade me and a uh, mighty ape you know some really solid e-commerce thinkers and um, the innovation what like, is not really the trade me of Australia is not the trade not one you know it was like built in New Zealand and and and, and that innovation I think led to a, a, some understandings of how e-commerce work that we've inherited through my business partner Nigel and I think some of those you know, tactical things that we've learned are really cool and real secrets to our business. You know, we hold them closely, guided secrets of how we do it, it's like having a recipe for Coca-Cola and we're holding on to it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I definitely get it. All right, so, you know, what? when did Rubber Monkey start and how big is the company right now? And talk to me about the raise. Uh,
9: we started officially in 2010. Um, where we sort of made the transition from renting equipment to selling stuff. Um, so... You know, So that's 12 years, so 12, 12 years since inception, um, and the first few years of that, I mean, we're really just focused on building this platform because it's, it's fast lower to, to market if you build proprietary tools, because obviously, you know, if you just buy a piece of yeah. software and chuck some things uh, on there to sell, you'll probably do pretty quick, pretty fast, do pretty well pretty fast, but we didn't do that, so it um, takes a bit longer, but that leads to sort of now, so that 12 year period is all about building this really solid platform. And then we got to the point where it's like, okay, well we are growing and we can grow at a rate, which is not too bad. But at this point, the more stuff we have, it's, it, you know, I'm always trying to find a metaphor for everything, but the more stuff we can sell, the faster we can grow it. And stuff mm-hmm. just costs more money. So it's really just putting our foot on the gas a bit because the mechanism we have in place will will support pretty fast growth from this point. So, you know, getting into Australia, getting a good amount of stock in there, um, getting stuck in. Not not
2: so much the sort of piecemeal approach that we took in the start, but but going pretty hard now because yep. a lot of the hard work has been done. Well, going hard and going fast. And so maybe just you know, yeah. many founders and startup businesses and stuff. they Obviously, um, check in there. To, how is your headspace about? headspace been around raising money like how are you approaching the raise you obviously have to 2.5 at the moment how are you approach the market and what where's your sort of uh, headspace or the strategies to try and raise that amount of money in, in aotearoa to go to aussie
9: yeah so when we first started doing this um it was a case of oh you know we can we can rattle the cup around and some of um some, some local local investors but when we come across the idea of crowdfunding it sort of felt like a really good fit for us because we're all about culture of our company as much as anything else and having our customers um, feel like you know really a part of the company like smaller, they're feeling a bit of an attachment to the brand and so it felt right like that crowdfunding would be a good way to do this because the customers can have a bit of ownership. Um, so our, our approach has been to sort of take that in as much as we could to the next level of like you know this is this is what this company stands for and this is why we think you like it and this is why you know we, we like what we do and um, and if you like that too, um, jump on board, by the way, here's the numbers, you know, numbers are pretty solid. So we've been profitable for a for, uh, few years and we've, um, we've got to that point, you know, on our own steam. So going forward, the trajectory should only be up. So I guess we present it on two levels. Um, one, one is just to say, here is, here is this company that we, you know, we, we, we feel is really good for you, for people to invest in. Cause, cool little Kiwi company that's taken it to the world. Um, you know, we, we care about what we sell, we sell the best products we can get our hands on, and also,
2: hey, the numbers stack up, so I, I guess it's just a combination of those two things. Mega, my man. All right, so if people want to check it out with your with razor, maybe just support and get involved with, and the go what can they do?
9: Uh, yep, just head on down to the old snowball.co.nz website. Um, we're on the uh, public office page there. It's a ton of information. There's, um, information memorandum that you can read up on and a bit of a, a blowing video of me talking about the company for 45 minutes, but that's okay. Um, and, you know, fire away questions. There's a little Q&A thing there. I'm um, open to answering any questions that people have got, So, uh, and then, I know people have got questions. So, um, yeah, fire away.
2: Champ. Hey, appreciate you joining us, Lawrence, and best of luck for the raise and expand over into Aussie with well, Rob Mikey and all that you do, man. Well done. Good on you. Thanks, thanks for a bit, man. Cool. Well, what a legend. Always like hearing Kiwi companies doing well, pushing and expanding and doing more. Very cool. It, it makes me smile. I'm sitting here in San Francisco right now and in Silicon Valley, and I love seeing New Zealanders win, grow, do awesome things. Uh, any feedback or questions, feel free to text through on 3920 or you can call through on 0800 Today FM. Uh, coming up after the break, we've got the chief economist from the Reserve Bank of Aotearoa, New Zealand. His name is Paul Conway. He's a great human being. He's going to be joining us in a sec. The time now is 28 minutes and two. His goal. To destroy the tall poppy syndrome.
1: His platform, Today FM.
2: This is Rebet Live.
1: Call 0800 Today FM.
2: As we're rolling, 25 minutes to one o'clock, episode 321. 321, that is. I've used my my, my maths very good on that one. Appreciate it uh, for Rebett Live on Today FM. We're catching up with Paul Conway. He's the Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank of Aotearoa, New Zealand. And, I'm you know, there's no way around this. I'm just going to go straight to it. Paul, why the hell am I talking to you when you're in hospital? What are you doing? And are you okay? What the hell is happening? Are you all right? Let's start there. Stuff, business, stuff, all the rest of it. How is you? How's the body? And what the hell are you doing in, in the hospital?
10: Yeah, g'day, day, I've been here since uh, Thursday night, uh, and it's, you know it's nothing life threatening. It's I probably won't go into the gory detail. It's definitely not that pleasant, but I'm I'm fine. And I was meant to go home today, but uh, which I thought, yeah, that's cool. I can still go on repeat show, but they want to keep me here till tomorrow. So I thought, bugger it, so, let's just do the show anyway. So I'm coming to you live from Wellington Hospital.
2: Okay, so you're in a gown. You've been you've been cruising around with some slippers on and some, and some and some and some maybe some of those uh, those blood circulation socks. I'm sure they, they give out for free, and you can you can snap away at some tapioca pudding when it comes out at five p.m. <laughs> like. The the fact that you're like literally in hospital and you're still committed to doing the show is so epic! Like what a legend! So um, oh, so I'm, I'm I'm glad that you're okay and I'm glad that everything's not crazy and I because Bryn was telling no. me I'm like wait what the hell what the fuck? why why is he still in hospital what is, what's going on? So we won't get into the yeah, details.
10: Rebecca, I've I've listened to your whole show today and it's awesome what you've got going on. All those positive oh. stories, all those amazing Kiwis that are killing it. That young buck, you know, doing amazing stuff with plant senses and the like honestly it's it's just it's it's brilliant it's fantastic See, i very
2: happy to be yeah, part of it yeah my man because i i feel just genuinely you know like you, you're probably in the same spot too you get to a spot and you realize that your your time is the most valuable asset and you choose to deploy it with things that matter and for me mm-hmm. i i just get very i don't feel that or i feel that there is not enough awareness around the success of awesomeness that exists in Aotearoa and so many times you know the the spotlight goes on things that don't really matter and you just need a bit more of a a vibe and some good things so for me I I feel very um, obviously fortunate enough they're in a position to be able to you know ha- have this platform to be able to talk about cool stuff oh, you're, bringing for, it. For other, you're bringing for it. other Kiwis to realize that this shit matters you know like doing good yeah. things is good for for you for your final for your community for everything else as well but hey look we didn't Absolutely. we didn't we didn't uh, tune in from live from the hospital in your hospital gown with your with your feet up to talk about um talk about that what we want to talk about <laughs> economic let, let, let's just casually segue from being in the hospital to talking about um some some economic macro uh, climate stuff so so earlier this week we put down a, a little video on my social, on my LinkedIn, and I said, hey, I'm catching up with Paul on Saturday. Let's ask him some questions. So, hey, mate, let's get into it. Let's ask some questions. Jesse Dowell wants to know, question number one, list three global trends which will shape the, econ- the world economy in the next three to five years. Go.
10: Yeah, okay. First up would have to be climate change. We are in it. It's not going away anytime soon. soon, uh, unfortunately. So it's having and will continue to have a massive impact Uh, on the world around around us and moving to sort of mitigate and adapt to climate change is going to be a big part of what we're up to for the next three to five years and well beyond that as well. Number two, geopolitical tensions. So the globe has splintered into sort of groups of countries loosely along sort of ideological uh, lines and uh, that rules-based order is splintering. So big geopolitical changes are going to keep being the name of the game over the next three to five years. Now, third, Rebecca, I tended to say technology. That's kind of the standard answer, but, you know, technology is sort of a, Decades a long thing. So when I think the next three to five years, uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, fallout from the pandemic. So getting our economies right uh, from COVID, successfully coming out of COVID, getting inflation back in the box and adjusting, you know, to the fact that people don't go to work so much anymore. All of that sort of stuff. So settling into the new economic normal post the pandemic will be number three.
2: All right. I love it. Climate change, geopolitical tensions, and technology. Uh, Question number two from Jesse Dale. He would like to know, which book are you currently reading and why?
10: Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got two books on the go at the moment. Uh, The first is The Future of Money by Edwin Prasad, which sort of talks about uh, digital currencies and crypto and how that's likely to sort of play out over coming years in terms of how we pay for stuff. Uh, the second one is an excellent book by a guy called Charles Goodhart, and it's called The Great Demographic Reversal. It sort of looks at some of the things that have been influencing sort of long-wave global trends over the last uh, few decades, and how they're turning around, and we're sort of entering into a new, uh, a new sort of uh, regime. And the reason I'm reading those books, you know, because they just hopefully make me better at my, at my job. I should say that I do I really love uh, fiction. I do read plenty of fiction, but I mainly do that in the
2: holidays. There you go. Okay. We, we're not on the clock, mate. Again, your brain escaping from all the, the, the money and the spreadsheets and yeah. like crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Here we go. Next question uh, from, Ru- <laughs> classic, from <laughs> Ruth McLeod. Uh, she's the New Zealand Trade Commissioner here in San Francisco, actually. She's currently uh, on a beach in Italy, I think, but she's messaged through on oh, yeah. LinkedIn. She said, uh, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Conway would be very interested to know the Reserve Bank's position on cryptocurrency <laughs> and whether they perceive it. and represents a threat or not to a trading economy. So before you answer, I just want to be very clear that this is potentially your personal opinion and not those specifically of the Reserve Bank in New Zealand for any lawyers or PR crew that are specifically (laughs) answering. But personally uh, or whatever it is, uh, feel free to answer away.
10: Like what I reckon, uh, actually, I saw there's a few questions on crypto there uh, on your LinkedIn. Uh, question. Now, I, I actually think we should do a whole segment on it because it's pretty interesting. I've been reading about it, and I've got plenty to say uh, on crypto. Like in terms of roofs, uh, question. I think central bank, digital currency, CBDC, pretty interesting, and we are definitely doing some exploratory work uh, in that space uh, at the Reserve Bank. We've actually published quite a bit on it. There's a guy, Ian Wolford, who's working on that. We did a big interview the other day, Google him, he did a half-hour podcast on it. Uh, Is it a threat? Well, not if it's regulated and used properly. So, you know, I'm not afraid of crypto or digital currencies at all. I think there's lots of positive uh, potential uh, for us
2: in that space oh mate that is a extremely uh, very w- interesting uh, reply because so many people like honestly mate all my back channels keep asking me to talk to you about crypto <laughs> they're like bro Damn, you gotta flip it you gotta hit up poor man you gotta ask him about that crypto thing i was like mate for starters i'm not telling you what coins to or not buy but i can tell you this will digital will digital assets be uh, part of the future yes but how that will play out Exactly. We've got no flipping idea, but I think to your exact point is, uh, yes, there's going to be a whole bunch of regulation come, then the banks follow and everything yeah. gets good. But we can, I, I do yeah, agree yeah. we can get into that. Um, okay, yeah. uh, Mickey Smith wants to know, he says, uh, okay, coming in hot, oh, here we go, jingle bells, he goes, is it your view that tax cuts can increase inflation? Our media seems to have a hold on this. Historically speaking, this isn't true and doesn't have correlation unless they are large and sustained. Tax cuts seem to correlate to more productivity, business investment and employment which would be a nice thing right question mark so is it your view that tax cuts can increase inflation um well i think like not
10: well if if you're moving from a high tax regime to a low tax regime like people are going to have more money in their pocket so they're more inclined to get out and spend it so that transition from high tax to low tax could equal more spending, more demand in the economy, and therefore more inflation all else equal. Uh, but once those changes have worked themselves through the system, th- there's no reason, you know, to think, well, well, certainly we don't see, you know, countries with low tax regimes, uh, you know, don't typically have more tax, uh, inflation than countries with high tax regimes. So there isn't really a, a, a link there. Uh, in terms of taxes and productivity, I should say, you know, low taxes are not sort of a magic bullet uh, that'll fix productivity. I think the tax system does have an impact on productivity, but it's not just sort of lower them and everything comes right. It's much more complex than that. Uh, And there's plenty of countries in the world, I think of Scandinavia, that have very high taxes um, but perform very well economically and have very strong well-being as well.
2: Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, second question. Uh, if we continue to see a contraction in the economy, can you say that high employment rates allow you to continue tightening? And does that also mean that if we see increasing unemployment figures from here, could you reverse course and begin easing again? Mm.
10: Yeah, this is a hot. pretty relevant question. Yeah, yes, Mickey's coming in hot. <laughs> um, so yeah, the labour market is vitally important uh, for us at the moment, and it is super hot. Um, you know, you're cafe guy can't get anyone to come and make coffee for him, you know, that's a story that's happening all over the Motu at at the moment. Uh, And I think, you know, that tight labour market, the fact that everybody's got a job, uh, I think is one of the reasons why we should be able to get inflation back down in the box without too much pain uh, on the real side of the economy you know it'd be great if we could you know there's there's more vacancies in the New Zealand labour market at the moment than there are or you know unemployed people so it'd be great if we could sort of get the squeeze coming in terms of vacancies in terms of people uh losing their jobs let's see what happens uh in terms of reversing course you know we're always Uh, Every six weeks, we get another swing at it. So if we saw the labour market or unemployment unexpectedly shooting up and, you know, all the rest of it, absolutely, we're pragmatic central bank. We would, uh, you know, reconsider our rate path or our path for
2: interest rates. There you go. And last one before we go, uh, Mickey Smith, still coming in hot. He said, house prices seem to be seem to still be toppy. Uh, price to income is nine or ten times, though rapidly changing. What level would you like yeah. to see this in an ideal world? I like the sound of four, five or six X with the rates that benefit savers more so businesses don't feel like a house will return better than their day-to-day doings. Uh, in turn, they invest back into themselves. Can we hope for this one day? Cheers, legends. There you go. So he's coming in hot, but he's giving you some props at the end. What are your thoughts there? That's nice. There's an S on it. Legends. Everybody talking about <laughs> Okay,
10: I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think, I, th- I think we can get house prices to uh, income ratios back down to more reasonable, more affordable levels which which does tend to be around that more four, five, six. Whereas in, you know, New Zealand on average it's more eight, nine, and in some of the bigger cities it's it's, it's even more ridiculous. You know, you can either do that by uh getting a contraction in the housing market and we're seeing, you know, housing come off what is it, eight percent nationally, uh since last November and more in some of the larger cities. Uh or you can get it through lifting our incomes. So again getting us back into that uh that better productivity story and I you know there's you know there's there's other questions about that productivity story that you know maybe we can answer them I know we're running out of time but uh, maybe next week I've got a few things I want to talk about next week but maybe we can have a crack at answering some of the questions we didn't get to this week as well because there's some good ones the there was a great idea putting that putting that out there to seeing what people yeah. wanted us to talk about
2: it's been awesome, just because it's really specific and it's something that um, I know they obviously want to know as well, and it just gives a great insight as well. So I'll let you rest yep. up. Um, enjoy the tapioca pudding. Kick your feet back. Watch some watch some um, days of your lives or whatever it is that you you Earl Grey tea, right. whatever it is, and um, e- e- enjoy, mate. Have a good weekend. Rest up and hopefully um, be home yep. and back in charge in next week, bro. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. T- thanks, Robert. Great talking to you, mate. See you soon. Oh, man. There you go, the bro, uh, Paul Conway, the Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank of Aotearoa New Zealand. How cool and awesome. Can we just give props to flipping Paul for coming on while he's in his gown at the hospital? He's still joining us on the show because it's important, and we're very stoked to have him on the show, so props to you, Paul. Uh, Rest up well. Uh, Okay, all right. Coming off the break, we've got one more interview before we finish up. Hope the day is charging. We're going to be catching up with Roz Ketel, um, Ketel, the president of the Specialty Coffee Association, to talk about not about barristers, about baristas. See you in a sec, team. Mentor Sherpa Counselor
1: Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit
2: It's Robet Live
1: On Today FM
2: Alright, almost at the end of the hour Nine minutes to one o'clock, uh, two o'clock now uh, It's becoming harder to find someone to make a barista coffee That is because Team in Aotearoa, New Zealand There is a nationwide shortage Of baristas and cafes are crying out for staff as we had from Michael before, who just trolled in the text, jump on then told us all about it. Uh, the president of the Specialty Coffee Association, Roz Cattell, joins me now. Kia ora, Roz, how are you? Kia
11: ora, how are you?
2: Oh, I, I've switched from um, coffee to maybe something a bit, a little more coffee. It's past five o'clock here, but I'm keen to know. Let's jump straight into it. Why are there so few baristas in Aotearoa right now? And is this like the worst shortage that we've ever seen, especially for a country that loves the old caffeine and the coffee? What is going on? Tell me about it.
11: Look, it's it's pretty much across uh, the whole uh, of hospitality. Everyone's short. I mean, yes, and um, the barista is is you know where uh, you know we want more, of course. But look, we're going to cafes now, and we're seeing people sharing jobs. I mean, we've got you know the the owners you know in the kitchen behind the machine. So yes, we we there's a shortage right through through the whole of the um the hospitality sector. So um, but yes, the, the we're looking for baristas all the time. You know, if you jump on. On the old job search, um, there's pages of barista work there. So um, we're looking for them. We, we need more.
2: How long does it take to become one? So let's say I don't have many skills. I can talk a good game, but I I, I can't cook toast. I can't do anything. But in case I did and I decided, you know what, I'm going to become a barista and just start to smash out a few extra hot mockers, how long does it become to? How long does it take?
11: It, 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 it can take years to become really, really experienced and and to be able to be banging out, you know, 300, 400 coffees a day. You know, Jeez. this is not something that it's like putting a, you know, putting me into a kitchen and and I can't cook to save myself. But you know, it's not something that that we take lightly. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know how to work the equipment, how to how to deliver the best experience for that person that's paying for that coffee. Okay, so it is going to take time. Um, you know, we, we've got a, a great coffee community here in New Zealand that supports education. So, you know, if, if, you, if you start in the cafe and you have an interest to becoming a barista, then then start there. Start working the machine. Start, start learning from the barista that's on there right now and start getting skills from them when it's quiet. Okay, but you're not going to, it, it will not happen overnight okay so you know be patient and and just get behind the machine when you can
2: it's definitely like art especially like good ones i'll usually go to a certain spot in different cities because i know there's a special yeah. barista who i like who messes with who knows how, how to do it so with the um like a, a barista roles kind of like long-term positions like how does this in most different spots how does it usually work in terms of career paths
11: well we we want it to be you know it's it's a career that it's a career in coffee and if you what we find is that if you have a passion for coffee, of course you you, you know you've you've usually had a had a barista background and and so you know that's where you know the career you might start off off, you know behind the machine, you know doing something not in the in the crazy, busy times, but the quieter times. and then you might, you know, you'll, you'll think, gosh, you know, I actually really love this, this coffee because it's not just, you know, here's a bag of coffee and see what we can do with it. You know, you might end up in a, in a roastery that's got a, a cafe attached to it and then you you'll you might find that you want to be more educated in the roasting and, and all of those things and then, you know, it's a career. We I totally support careers in coffee, you know, so, you know, being a barista that's might, might be where you start but, you know, you might have that passion to get in and start roasting it as well.
2: I love it. So with the obviously the borders are opening back up the world's starting to connect back in together. Do you think that a whole bunch of the overseas workers that come back through might be able to come help fill some of these gaps through it? Like how do you see that playing out?
11: We are really hoping, you know, um you, you know, this morning I was actually at my local cafe um, a couple of years ago um, pre-covid, he'd advertised for a for a barista Get 80 people that would apply for the job you know and you know he he had a nice choice of of good people okay you know because you know obviously people were traveling they had travelers coming through wanting jobs he applied he advertised two months ago for a barista eight people applied okay Jeez. so let's get those borders opened Tomorrow night, we we welcome people that are going to come in and work in our industry, and you know, let's get people behind the espresso equipment and making coffee, filling our
2: jobs. Honestly, you could, be sell, you could be a politician at this point. I, Roz. I absolutely love your vibe. you sell, you selling the flipping dream. I love it. And it's so weird because everyone in Aotearoa loves flipping coffee. It's like, man, we just... We don't. I'm telling you before, it's like too many people watching TikToks. Get out there, flipping, get into it. So before you go, I want to ask you this. Ross, you are the president of the Specialty Coffee Association. <laughs> I am sure you've got spreadsheets galore of where is the best place and what do you do. I've got two questions. One, what is the secret to making a good coffee? And two... In Aotearoa in 2022, where is the best cafe in all of Aotearoa to get a coffee right now?
11: <laughs> I'm going to answer the first one. My I knew you wouldn't answer the second <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. However, let me answer you the first one because I can answer that. Great coffee. Okay, let's get fresh coffee. Let's get let's get um, fabulous water and really great equipment that's going to produce you the best coffee that you're going to think, wow, that is amazing. Thank you. With a great barista behind the equipment that's gonna know your name and wanna talk about coffee and, and you know, do a little bit of multitasking as well. That's amazing. However, boy, I could not, in all honestly honesty, tell you the best cafe because Whatever. We, Come how on. lucky are we? <laughs> how lucky are we in New Zealand. We everywhere you go, you you can go you can go to a little um, you know, just a little suburb in the country and that and you get a great coffee. How lucky are we? <sighs> I'll leave spoken,
2: you with that. Spoken like a true politician, <laughs> as you would from the president of the Specialty Coffee Association. I uh, really appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and bring yeah. on the borders and bring on the coffees. Great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Roz. And if there's any coffee companies out there that would like to potentially collab with me, I'd like to add a few different degrees into it, make a little collab. Feel free to hit me up. I've got an idea. Uh, hope it's been a good show. Coming up, we're about to recap. The time now is two minutes to two. Bet Live.
1: On Today FM
2: team, it's been real. I think this has been one of the funnest shows I've had in a long, long time. Murray Tom came in hot. All these uh, guests today, big thanks to everyone who came in. Everyone's brought so much value today. Uh, the energy's been great. I uh, hope the rest of the weekend goes well for you with whatever you're up to. I hope you charge away. Before we go, we always have Mama's Book of Wisdom. Today's Mama's Book of Wisdom says, Words can be delivered like the blow of a sledgehammer or like the soothing hand of friendship. There you go. So it's, it's, it's about how you deliver how you delivering? what you say. Thanks, thanks, Mama. She gave me a little book that I, that I read to. Um, big ups to Bren. We've had a great show today. Big ups to you for listening in. Big thanks to all the uh, the great guests that joined the show today. Thanks for listening. Mark's Paired Sport is coming up next. He's the bros charging. But first, the latest news, sport and weather from Today FM. Have a good day, team. See you next week.